When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Rachel Holman, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Rachel, my very first question I want to ask you is, how are things? How is your new year? Awesome. Things are great. New Year was uh, pretty quiet. <laughs> lots of isolation and lots of time alone waiting to to hear what Curling Canada's decision was going to be. And now we're here and excited and training and doing everything we can. So when you mean here, like, are you actually in Beijing yet or are you in an <laughs> undisclosed location? <laughs> No, we're we're uh, we're pretty public about it. We're we're training in Canmore, uh, in the mountains. It's beautiful, and uh, if you have to be in isolation, you might as well have some amazing views. So we're really fortunate. To, uh, the Canmore Curling Club has uh, opened up their doors to us and able to give us some isolated training times. And we leave for Beijing on Friday, the tw- uh, Saturday, the twenty ninth. Now going over to Beijing, like this isn't your first time going over to Beijing, obviously. I want to ask you, the different scenario here now is I feel like it's going to be like a little bit of a more bubble because of the pandemic. What's your mindset towards that? Like what's your mental kind of health? Because I know you've done a bubble before in Calgary, but like this is another another country completely. Are you kind of like, are you terrified? Are you kind of like, okay, I've done it before. I think I can handle it. Yeah, I think that's a great question. We've we've been to Beijing before and kind of had that experience and know what it's like over there. A little bit different from back in Canada, obviously. But I think because we're going to be there on an Olympic stage, the food and kind of the, the Canada vibe and everything is going to be great to be able to be over there with whether we have to cheer on from our TVs in Beijing, other athletes. I'm, I'm not sure what the, the COVID protocols are. But I think it's going to be lots of isolation. And I mean, we're going there for a specific job and we're taking uh, this really seriously and then putting everything we can to training right now. And we, we feel like we're in a really good space and really good spot to be able to go and perform. Got maybe five days left of training. Um, and already we feel uh, as good as we can and as, as good as we can mentally too, being away from family and trying to make sure that we're staying safe and that our families can kind of go back to their regular lives. Cause sometimes I think they were, they were hoping we were leaving sooner than we were. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're talking about families, obviously you have a pretty young family, you know, is the husband phone you or FaceTime you and be like, what do I do here? How do I do this? Like, can you help me out? And you're like, dude, I'm, I'm away. Like mom's away. Or do you have those hectic moments or do you, or is he pretty calm? Is he cool collected? No, he's great. He's, he's amazing with the kids and he definitely gets dad of the year. I know there's uh, some hectic mornings kind of, you know, when mom's away, the things always, uh, if things can go wrong, they will. And uh, I know he had a couple hectic mornings that he dealt with really well. And no, he's, he's been amazing and dives right in. He's, whether I'm there or not, he's, he's amazing with the kids. So the, the kids are super lucky to have him, And we have some help as well to, to help out. Cause obviously He's working full time and um, we need some help with the kids. So 
we're lucky to be able to have that and have some family support. So that that makes it a little bit easier and, and less stressful for, for Sean not to have to do everything alone, which is nice. I, I know, obviously, you're representing Team Canada when you go over to this mixed doubles. I wanted to make you kind of feel at home. Like, listen, I've been to Ottawa. Uh, I actually went to school in Ottawa. The only difference is... You went to University of Ottawa, which uh, might be a little bit of a sore point for someone who has a uh, Carleton degree. I, I don't know, Rachel. I, I feel like we can be friends. I, I, we can be friends, but I, I, I will, you know, once the Olympics is over, I'm going to be like, man, University of Ottawa. I just, uh, no. I want to ask you, though, <laughs> going to University of Ottawa, like, why did you choose going in? I think it was like human kinetics you did? Yeah, I have a BSc and a specialization in human kinetics. What made you choose that path? Because obviously you're like a really good curler. You are basically the Kansas City Chiefs of junior curling. Uh, but like, <laughs> I want to ask you, what made you interested in going to University of Ottawa and doing that for your degree? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can pull off some wins like Casey did the other night. That was pretty <laughs> epic. No, it's, I mean, Ottawa's my hometown. And I mean, I, I love sports no matter what it is. And I... I always trained and so it kind of was an easy fit for me to go and learn kind of the science behind everything and yeah I mean obviously curling has has taken over my life a little bit and so you can't really go and and get a full-time job with uh, the amount that we curl we only have a few months off every year and so yeah it was a a great time in university and they were great they were able to I was able to train a lot some of my classes I never even got to meet my professors because I was on the road so much but no it was a great atmosphere and uh Really loved auto you. Sorry. Sorry, Carlton. No, no, that, that, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Listen, I'm not going to hold against you because at one point I was actually at University of Ottawa when they had like, I call it in the bunker. When I was doing this podcast to start, I was actually in the radio station and like the Wi-Fi reception was so bad that like when you were trying to interview people, I was like, come on, why are we in the basement? Like, what's going on here? And they're like, just be happy you're here. I'm like, you're right. You, they didn't ask for my Carlton papers. I want to ask you, of course, now going back with your partner for this mixed doubles, you go way back. I've seen some of those flashback photos that both you post, but like, (laughs) do you remember obviously the Ottawa curling club that you both were involved in? And I think one of my friends who's actually involved with that curling club said, this is the first time that both members represent Canada in the mixed doubles. I don't know if that's ever been brought to your attention. Maybe he's just blowing it up my ass. Maybe he's just saying it because he's like, I'm going to embarrass you in this interview. But when you look back at that of how long you guys know each other, obviously, does that help kind of going over in this mixed doubles? It's not like you're going over with like what we took one of the top females and one of the top males. And we just kind of was like, if you get along, great. If you don't, too bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of cool to think, even to think about memories from when I was like my very first memories when you're so little and and John and his family being there and just knowing each other growing up and obviously he moved out West. So I, I, we kind of lost touch a little bit, but obviously still had that strong family connection with his dad coaching us for so many years. And obviously his dad's a phenomenal coach and we're lucky that they were kind of friends of the family and we were lucky enough that he said yes to coach us and put in that fundamental training and, and helped us get to where we are today. And, kind of cool that his dad helped us get here and now uh john and i have have teamed up again and are headed to the olympics it's it's pretty cool to to know someone your whole life and then be able to go to the olympics with them it's uh it's definitely a really cool feeling 
I feel like if I knew someone my whole life and they just were like, yeah, we're going to the Olympics for a second, I'd be like, okay, but like, remember that time when we were younger and you did that to me? And it's like, really? You're going to still hold that over me? I'm like, you're right. You're right. We're going to the Olympics. Have there ever been moments like that? I doubt it, but it's a fun question. <laughs> uh, no, not that I can remember. I, uh, I do remember him and my brother played in uh, the junior nationals together. I think they were in Selkirk. It's funny. Our coach, Scott Pfeiffer, who's here with us isolating played against them in the final. So Scott, our coach played against John and my brother and beat them in the final. And I remember being like, I just remember it memories of being in Earl's like John's family home in the basement watching the TV, but I was kind of too young for a, a long attention span. So I kind of tuned in and out to the game and yeah, no, I just have like a vivid memory of that. And it's just kind of cool that uh, things come full circle, I guess you've partnered with your brother before i want to ask you like because obviously when you have you know a brother sister duo uh, like i have two older brothers and we they're like 10 12 years older than me so it's not going over well like if they if we play sports it doesn't go over well because i'm the youngest but like in those situations when you're curling with your brother on a team have there been moments where obviously if there's like not a camera or a mic on where you're like dude like stop it like i know what i'm doing no actually i curled with my brother and we're actually 10 years apart. We get along really well. We've been kind of best friends our whole life and never really uh, had that sibling rivalry or anything like that. And when I, when I play with him, like it's just fun and, and he's a, a fun guy to be around. So we went to like mixed, like four person mixed nationals uh, back in the day. And I, I enjoy sweeping and if uh, we're just going for fun, like I, I don't like skipping. I like, you know, having fun and not taking things too seriously. So I let him, he, uh, he kind of did his own thing and he skipped our team and he's a phenomenal athlete. And it's just fun to, to be able to play with your sibling and you know we get along really well and I'm, I'm lucky to be able to, to play with him. And it was cool to see him play with John and kind of growing up and watching them play together. It was uh, definitely memories from way back when that are, are really cool to have. There's no Ross and Monica situation where it's like an arm wrestle or it's like n- none of that. Oh, that's, that's kind of, that's, I, I would grab like each other's see. ears. Yeah. And wrestle. Yeah. yeah. Wrestle. Yeah. No, I mean, that would have been entertaining, but I, I'm glad you guys get along. I want to ask you, cause it's kind of, I, I guess it's a little bit of an interesting question, but it's all on how you take it. So I hope you don't take it the wrong way. Mixed doubles. Obviously people want to kind of earn their way into the mixed doubles, whether they like challenge other people to get to this place now obviously curling canada chose both of you to represent for team canada but i want to ask like is there a part of you like obviously you have the credentials i'm not calling you out and saying like how dare you go over to represent canada but is there a part of you that would have still liked to like you know defeat somebody to kind of earn that way to go over or are you kind of looking at it as if to say you know what i represented at the olympics the last time didn't really go my way. This is like my redemption. It's almost like my fight song. I don't know why I put my fist up, but I guess it's fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think we really looked to the last Olympics and compare that to mixed doubles, two different disciplines. And I think it, curling Canada and the world is, is in a tough spot right now with the pandemic. And obviously we were excited and, and ready to go and play trials. We were isolating over Christmas and, and preparing to be able to go in there. And um, I was basically like you couldn't look at somebody without getting COVID. So I think, I don't know how many teams would have been able to be fielded. And so I think it's kind of the integrity of the tournament was uh, at stake. And so 
at that point to you can't have all of your best teams in Canada go and compete and everybody gets COVID and you can't go to the Olympics anyways. So, and, and I mean, just the mental state of going, knowing that you're going to go get COVID at an event is not a great state to be in. So I think the decision was made based on the safety and mental and, and uh, physical safety of everybody involved. And obviously we wanted to go and compete and, and, whoever came out we have such great strong mixed doubles that i mean there could have been a we didn't know that we were going to get picked there could have been quite a few people picked based on all kinds of criteria and that curling canada decided what they felt was most important and we're sitting here in camera training uh, our tails off but obviously we would have wanted to compete it's it's kind of a shit it's a shitty feeling thinking that like not everybody got a fair shake or not everybody had the chance because everybody who was there earned and deserved their right there were some people you know who came in um, uh, out guns blazing last few events and qualified and and beat some really top teams and it would have been great to see how that all played out and and who made playoffs and who made a run for it so yeah there's always that uh, I mean before in the back of your mind we can't really at, in the moment right now think about what ifs we were chosen to to represent canada and we've got maple leaf on our back now and so we're training as hard as we can on and off the ice everything we're doing here is to make sure that we're as best prepared for canada we want to go and fight for canada and we know we've got lots of support and we've gotten lots of messages from other curlers and that and if you look back at the situation it sucks and there's there's no i think everybody curling Canada the players like there's no fair way to do anything and it's tough because it's a it's a newer discipline and things weren't quite in place for a, a global pandemic so <laughs> now I think we're a little bit more prepared if that happens in the future hopefully not but right now we're in the moment and we're trying to make sure we're gelling as a team whether it's on or off the ice and and making sure that uh, our confidence is high and that we're, we're getting all the training we need um, and making sure that we're doing everything to transition to, to Beijing time and, and be as safe as we can. And there's, there's lots of balls in the air right now when uh, you, you turn Olympics into COVID Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I want to ask, obviously, cause when you were mentioning a course and I agree with you, the necessary, like there's so many teams that could have represented Canada. I, I think it's almost like when it comes to, ice sports in Canada, it's like we have an A team, a B team, a C team. You could just send them all over, see what happens. But I want to ask you, like when you got the call or text message or whoever it came through, like where were you and like what was kind of going through your mind? Because like I know this is just me personally, but if someone said to me, listen, you get to represent Canada, there's a part of you that's obviously excited. But then, of course, with the circumstances, like you had mentioned, it's kind of like, shit like this is the way i get to represent canada not really how i want to choose but like how do you kind of get more positive like the more positive i guess mindset the negative i I know it's kind of a little bit of an all over the place question but like if you don't mind (laughs) where were you two and then how did you go more positive than negative yeah i think there was a lot of things at play um a few weeks ago when curl ontario kind of named my team to be the represent representatives of Ontario but placed a contingency whether I was picked or not and so that kind of even added more stress and anxiety to the mix and my team was obviously really supportive 
Curling Canada states that three or four players is your team. So they're still able to go and that puts uh, our minds at ease that the rules were enforced and, and used appropriately. So I think that was a big stress and unknown and being in limbo when, you know, kind of, we didn't know we were kind of chatting as a team. And I was like, I don't know if I should get a suitcase out, if I should book training with you guys, if, uh, if we still need to be in isolation, if, there's just so many things that were unknowns for us and uh, definitely a lot of stress and anxiety at the time. But I mean, you, you got to look at it the other way. I mean, not everybody would have been able to be in that situation where some great things could happen. And I think that just the stress and anxiety came from if I was picked, then I, I could be letting my team down. And I think that was kind of where all that came from. And I would never want to do that. And so I think once that all got sorted out, I mean, obviously our team is grateful to able to be a wildcard team and they're, I'm going to be cheering them on just as much as uh, they're going to be cheering me on. And I don't know how much games we'll be able to watch of each other's because the the time difference. And I think we'll be probably competing at the same time. So we'll stay focused on, on what we have to in Beijing. And, and I'm sure that they'll, they'll be focused and, and trying to, to compete as hard as they can with a new lineup and all that comes with that. And it's been a kind of a crazy whirlwind adventure and, and grateful that we had the opportunity to even be in this position. And, and we're just taking this really seriously and, and trying to, I, I know there's, there's a lot of people that could be in this position and then doing the exact same thing. And so we're just kind of soaking in the moment and trying to make sure that we go to Beijing best prepared. Now, I know you mentioned it's two different disciplines, obviously, from going over to represent the women's curling compared to mixed doubles. But and again, this is the part where Rachel turns like red, redder than this jersey, because what I'm going to ask, she's going to flip out at me. But, (laughs) you know, in 2018, when you went over, it wasn't like the greatest representation for for Canada because it was like the first time that Canada didn't medal. Like, obviously, I'm not saying that kind of eats away at anybody, but this time going over just for you mentally, for yourself, like, is there something you feel like, all right, I want to come back with something this time. And this is the part where you kind of go and and jump over and be like, come here. No, not at all. Um, Yeah, I think for sure we haven't meddled on the world stage in women's in in a while. And so I I don't think that it's crazy that we got beat by the best teams in the world. It's sport and anything can happen. We had so many close games and it could have gone easily the other way. At the end of the day, we didn't play well enough to beat all those top teams. And yeah, it's definitely tough on the women's stage and, and the men's stage. It's uh, all the other countries have been pouring everything into their their teams for the last 30 years and, and they're they're tough to beat. So we, uh, we're, we're trying our best and obviously training as much as we can. And we'll be cheering on Team Gushu and Team Jones and giving them as much support as they need and anything that we can do to help them. And I think vice versa. We're all trying to go there together as Team Canada and bring back as many medals as we can. Absolutely. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, 
Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. Now, when you're mentioning about prep, I know you kind of got into it a little bit, but now with mixed doubles, like what kind of things are you prepping? Is it like certain shots? Is it like certain scenarios? Um, because I guess you're you're used to each other through, like I said, you've been friends for a while. You've been curling for a while. So like what kind of things goes into prepping, say a mixed doubles compared to just a women's or a men's? Yeah, it's different. I mean, depending, I think every mixed doubles team does things a little bit differently, like whatever makes them feel most comfortable. Whether you have a broom holder or not depends on who's throwing or what they want or what type of shot you're throwing. And so it's a little bit different in that respect where in women's or men's, you always have a broom holder. You always have two sweepers, um, people that have judged your ox for years. And in mixed doubles, obviously, it's a little bit different. We put our focus on four-person curling and we don't have as many reps uh, judging each other's rocks. And so we're getting as many reps as we can judging our own rocks and in certain scenarios where John would be sweeping mine or I'd be sweeping his. I mostly call it cleaning his because it's tough to it's tough to sweep a four-second peel. But we have fun with training and make sure that uh, we're having fun out here, but also making sure that we're, we're focusing on specific tactics and strategy as well as the kind of nuances that mixed doubles has where kind of getting used to throwing with or without a broom for certain shots. Power plays are obviously different. How you would defend that, depending on the score, when to use your power play, all that kind of stuff. And and John's been working a lot with uh, the Australian team and has a lot of experience in that side. So it's nice to kind of have uh, a bit of an expert on the team. And we're both uh, great with strategy and, and have a lot of experience in in curling in general so we will rely a lot on that and our experiences kind of on the world stage and we know there's going to be a ton of pressure and i mean win or lose we're going to stick together and battle it out till till the end till they kick us out of course when you're talking about pressure like i want to ask you because it's it's in a bubble like it's different when you have fans in the stands either they're cheering for you or they're rooting against you but like how do you kind of prepare yourself for a bubble because i know you did it in calgary and I know we've, we we talked to Laura Walker, actually, I think she was in the bubble at the time when they were doing the tournament. But like, how do you kind of get that mindset? How do you get yourself prepped? Because it's one thing to, you know, curl and still have some fans there and like you have some family. But in this case, it's kind of like you and your partner. Yes, you'll have Team Canada there like other curlers, but you're trying to make sure that you don't get a positive test with covid and so it's very limited interaction. But like, how do you prepare for all this? Because I, I worry myself of just traveling to Ottawa from Newfoundland and being like, I hope I don't land. And they tell me, listen, you have to go back to Newfoundland. It's like, why? I didn't test positive. No, we just have enough Newfoundlanders up here. We don't need another one. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we're as best prepared as we can be taking all the precautions with our flights and our travel, avoiding everyone as much as possible, really, which um, obviously it's, it's fun to, to interact and have those social interactions with, with others on your journey over the Olympics. We'll be going with other athletes and that, but I think everyone's going to be kind of in their own little bubble, trying to make sure that we all land safely and, 
not uh, bring anything over on the plane with us. That's kind of number one priority. And yeah, we uh, we land and get two more PCR tests and then we isolate until we get them back and hope for the best. I mean, we're doing everything we can. I'd be shocked if any of us tested positive, but uh, I guess you never know. It's uh, we, we don't know everything about this variant. I want to ask you too, because now you've been curling, I believe, since you've been five like what made you interested in curling more than any other sport? Was it just that you were dominant at it? Was it just that you were like, you picked up a rock one day and you're like, you know what? I think I could master this because I mean, there are kid prodigies out there. Rachel, were you a kid prodigy? (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, I had a purple full snowsuit on just out there. I think for the hot chocolate and jelly beans that we got. No, I just didn't enjoy it. And my brother played and, and John and, it was just in my family. My great grandfather curled, and my grandfather and my parents. Uh, it was just kind of a family sport that we all loved to play, and something that you could play as a family, which was kind of cool. We had some family bond spiels, and we touched a little bit on it um, back at the Navy Curling Club. And Craig Savile's family was in it, and I know we played him and his his brother and his parents, and and the Morrises were in it. And it's just kind of a fun social sport in that aspect and obviously with covid we've lost that but for the for the most part it's just a an opportunity to be able to travel the world and and meet new people and it's just a really fun social sport in that respect and it kind of has everything it's it's about the physical piece it's mentally taxing it's it's almost like a shootout all the time like in soccer or hockey like there's one shot and everyone's watching you and you better not miss. So it's just like three hours of that. Um, <laughs> and so it's just a, it's an exciting sport and it's got a little bit of everything. And I think when you're younger, it was nice. I was able to play a lot of different sports. Um, I'm just a competitive person, whether it's cards or sports or anything, really, I just love to love to compete and curling was just always there. And I think at a certain age, you have to kind of decide what sports you're going to focus on and, and try and excel. And we had a lot of success and in, in bantams and juniors and just wanted to see how far we could take it. We loved the sport and it became a, an Olympic sport along the way. And that was exciting to watch. And obviously dreams of, of being in the Scotties and representing a province and then being on that world stage of getting the Maple Leaf. And it happened for us at a young age and it was just phenomenal memories of that and just kept pushing and see how far we can go. And now we're uh, barring any COVID emergencies. They're headed back to our uh, our second Olympics, and uh, not our John's third. He's uh, he's got so many Olympics he can't even remember them all. But yeah, no, it's it's an exciting time, and and we can't wait to get to Beijing. Now you said you were a competitive person, competitive player, and you mentioned cards. Uh, do you want to play a game of cards? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I had I had them handy, so I figured why not? Um, I want to ask you to kind of close out the interview, just to have a bit of a fun aspect here. Sure. Obviously, you know, Tim Hortons has hockey cards out with Team Canada. If they had curling cards out, what would be an interesting fun fact that would uh, people would not expect to see on a Rachel Holman card? Fun fact? Wow. I don't know. Can you give me a topic? Well, anything. Like, I have, what's, what's, I have what's, a terrible what's... memory, so it's hard for me to go back and think about anything about myself. Um, well, that, that that can work good. That can work in favor. You know, if you ever have a bad game, you can just be like, I, I don't remember that. And they'll be like, she's she's doing that for a PR stunt. It's like, no, actually, she literally can't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. They, I think they test your memory. And, and if it's horrible, they throw you at skip. 
uh, you don't remember all the terrible shots yeah, that you made. Yeah, yeah. It's like Rachel. Keep, what happened keep to curling that? And, and yeah. it wouldn't be so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, no, what happened I, to that uh, last shot? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it perfect. Must have picked. Obviously, on your way over there to Beijing. You know, long plane ride. Like, what's what's going to be on your playlist for songs? Are you like kind of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, where you're listening to a, like a lot of pump up jams, where it's like it's about drive, it's about power, stay hungry, yeah. or is it just more or less like no, oh, anything I've got, peaceful? Uh, I've got a workout playlist, so a little bit of pump up stuff when we're in the gym. But for the most part, we listen to country and just some random hits, and then uh, we like we like the classics and some oldies too. We've got uh, quite a good mix here, and um, Scott's putting up with our with our music and our food taste. Yeah, he's he's loving it all, so it's it's going what, good over what, here. What kind of music is on your uh, like when you say country? Is it like you know old country? I know there's like going to be an audience out here now that I'm just going to like purely alienate when I say this, but is it like Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, or is it more like Luke Combs? I mean, Shania has to be in there. I feel like for for you, for you me, know what's if I funny. Was- I legit was listening to a Shania playlist this morning. I swear to you. Oh yeah. I, was it, she's I not love... just a pretty face. Is it that one? Cause I feel like that one <laughs> would suit you. Yeah. No, uh, a little bit of everything from Shania. I pretty much love every single song that she's ever made, but uh, no, we have a mix. Most I, I really enjoy like the newer country. Obviously I like older country too. We've honestly been listening to a, a mix of everything, but it's funny you mentioned Shania. Cause I, was literally getting ready this morning to Shania. <laughs> Scott was nice. singing along too. So, <laughs> I mean, I've I've only like I like new and old country. There's one that I actually found I think yesterday. Like sometimes you go on like iTunes, you're like I need new music, and I think it's like a uh, cold beer. I think it's like Jordan Davis. I can't remember the other because okay. they're relatively new to me, but it's a really good song. I feel like you know when you're prepping or having a warm up, that's what you should have on the background, especially when you're talking about the Mountain View. Like cold beer, it's just yeah, cold beer, man. <laughs> Check it out. It's a good song. I, and I'm not yeah. like promoting that or PR. Imagine if they came after me and like, actually, sir, we have our own PR. We don't need you. I'm like, totally understood. The last thing I want to ask you, because I know, you know, to try to wrap this up a little bit too, because I know you have other things to do, maybe training, maybe enjoying the mountains, maybe just being like, hey, Newfoundlander, can you shut up so I can do other things? I want to ask, what are you most excited about going over to Beijing to see? Because obviously it's covid you can't really do much everyone has that whole like you know when you get married there's things that they're like we're not going to do that whole stereotypical of baby pictures where you put a side by side of when your babies and all this stuff how about your mother reference where they try to like x out every stereotype but like obviously the olympic rings people want to take a picture of in front of what are things are on your kind of list in beijing to do in the limited capability that you have of doing things <laughs> I mean, I think we're just really excited to get on the ice and go compete as, as a number one. Um, I'm sure we'll take a picture with uh, the Olympic rings and we'll send it to you. <laughs> but great. I don't yeah. think that there, I, will frame yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a, there's a Canada gym. We're not really entirely sure what's all there, what's going to be available and depending on what happens. Yeah. I don't think that we're allowed to really go do too much, but we'll be excited to cheer on, uh, Turn on all the other athletes as much as we can. And obviously I'll be watching my team back in, in Canada and cheering them on. We'll take some videos and send them to the girls. And um, it'll be nice to, to connect with family and that as much as I can over there. Some friends and family and 
just kind of touch home a little bit with doing that and um, really just focus on our game. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm not really sure what's over there for us to do. <laughs> I'll let you know if I find out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wait for like messages at like whatever time it is in Newfoundland where it's like three or four. It's like, hey, Brian, I found out what we could do now. I'd be like, what is it? Nothing. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> awesome. I want to ask you, like, what kind of things, if possible, would you like binge watch? Like, I know I'm a big kind of comedy person. So I turn on like mm. Boy Meets World, Full House, you know, shout out to Bob Saget, uh, Fresh Prince, all that. But like, what kind of things would you be binge watching? Uh, I binge watched Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso. Those were, those were top notch. I highly recommend those. I recently, uh, recently tried out Peaky Blinders, a little bit more intense, not for everybody. <laughs> and some some spots I have to close my eyes to watch. But uh, at the top of my head, I'm not sure what else. I don't remember what I downloaded for the plane yet. Yeah, I think I downloaded the rest of Peaky Blinders to watch on the plane if I can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, for I don't know. How long of a plane ride is it to Beijing? I think 10 hours from Vancouver. Oh, really? Okay. So 10 hours. Oh man. Like, see, for me, that'd be like just 10 hours of like big bang theory. And then if I land in Beijing, they'd be like, <laughs> Oh my God, it's another shell. And I'd be like, Oh shit. I forgot that I watched 10 hours of big bang that are friends. Anything like that's, I, I feel like comedy or sets the mood, but like in that plane, like, do you ever find yourself getting cramped in the plane? Do they give you first class seats? Like, do they, is it a private jet? Cause I feel like they should. I know it's, it's Canada. Canada's like, Hey, you know what? Find your own way or we'll give you some way. But like, Man, I would love to see it in Beijing to have a little bit of Canadian pride where it just like lands and then you just hear, oh, Canada, come out guns a-blazing. <laughs> uh, they did charter a plane, so um, it'll be uh, pretty much all athletes, uh, coaches and staff. So, yeah, I can. I, I hope that uh, we can put in a request to, to play O Canada when we land. That'd be great. Rachel, I enjoyed having you on. I hope you enjoyed the chat and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. But yeah, keep me informed. Like, let me know if you actually find things to do. Just be like, Tobin, I know it's like 3 a.m. your way, but like, check this out. I've got a picture in front of the Olympic. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, Rachel, it's great. Thank you. <laughs> right. well we really enjoyed our time together so well rachel like i said i wish you nothing but the best over there i said to jennifer and i said to brad if you guys win i want to see some i want to see some emotion like you know when they do like a top 20 curling countdown i know they do bowling on tsm which i'm a bowler so i kind of like it but cool. there's the famous there's the famous one where it's like who do you think you are i am i want to see a moment like that Maybe not as brass. Maybe like a John Montgomery moment in Beijing. Hopefully, and then hopefully, <laughs> well, we won't be able to roam the streets. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but I'm but if sure you, if, if we win, if you we'll win be trying it, to find win, a beer stein. Yeah, if you win a gold, I want to see like a Rachel Holman like fist pump in the air, like a Michael Jordan moment, or like a, a Kansas State Chief moment where you're like, it's like I own you. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Rachel Homan for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. Do. Did. 
Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.